everybody, and welcome to the Roasted Games Podcast. I am Kaz Gable. And I am Bill Price. And today we are rapidly approaching the holidays, and uh, that is uh, that is on our minds as we bring you our main game topic today. Uh, but before we do that, of course, we are going to jump into the segment we always jump into, and that's just discuss what have we been playing lately? Funny that you'd ask. <laughs> I actually played a brand new game that we've never talked about yeah. here on... Uh on air before uh we determined this on air is cracked yeah (laughs) yeah yeah sure so um this game is called monster slaughter and uh my friend julie brought it to game night and uh it is i guess the best thing to say well it came out 2018 uh it was designed by henry pym so uh ant-man Apparently designed this game. And so you know it's good. It's well, got to be great. It's got to be. He's pretty smart from what I understand. Um, and it is published by in the U.S. by Uncama Games. And it is... The best way to describe this is grossly overproduced. <laughs> it, it's so it's overproduced. Beautiful looking game. Absolutely phenomenal looking. One of the best looking games I think I've probably ever seen. The box itself is like this... You put it together, it's like this three-dimensional um, interior of a cabin with walls and doors that come off, and um, and and it's just all the miniatures. There's miniatures for everybody. The concept behind this is there's a cabin in the woods, uh, just like a horror movie, and uh, the teenagers, you know, the cheerleader, the jock, the nerd, they're all represented there, and they all go to the cabin to party. Now, this cabin in the woods is kind of property of a whole bunch of prototypical horror movie <laughs> monsters. You got a, a family of vampires, a family of werewolves, a family of, um, they call them maniacs, which are basically like a family of Jasons, uh, Jason Voorhees. Uh, there's also a family of aliens, a family of zombies, and, and so on. There's just a whole ton of these. So there's this like, cabin is like a, a timeshare for monsters. Well, right, apparently, apparently, yes. <laughs> just just like that. And um, it's it's a super neat theme. The idea is that uh, you are the monsters. Each player is a family of monsters. Uh, each family has a daddy, a mommy, and a uh, I guess a kid or baby monster. And the um, the kid is pretty weak, but has a whole bunch of actions he can take. Uh, whereas the mom is a little stronger, but has less actions. And the dad's really slow, but is like just beast mode. Right. So the idea is that you're all uh, families of monsters. Each each one is a different. Each player is a different family, and you're trying to go in and kill all of these teenagers. Uh, it sounds pretty straightforward. It is. It's a dice chucker. It's a pretty light game, uh, especially for as overproduced as it is, um, which I think was brilliant. I mean, if you're going to have a game like this, why why make this a $20 game that looks like Candyland when you could yeah. make it look uh, amazing? And it does. This, this box is gigantic. It's like almost side size. Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, <laughs> I remember looking at it being like, wow, that's got to be a... Yeah, right? It's got to be a very deep game. It looks like a, a heavy, deep game, but it's actually at its core, very, it's a very simple dice chucker. Uh, but it does something that I've never seen in a game before. Um, and I'm sure it must exist in a game before. And, uh, and feel free to comment wherever... Um, on what game I'm not thinking of or what game I'm missing here. But um, what you do is the way that you primarily earn points 
is from uh, you. You kind of you have all the uh, every player has these tokens, uh, one for each uh, teenager. Okay, and they flip them over so that nobody can see, but they order them in the order they think that they're gonna die in. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then they pick one of them, put a target on top of it. You still can't tell which one it is because it's face down. And that is their, quote, favorite meal. (laughs) So you get points uh, for the teenagers dying in the order that you predict. Uh, You also get a whole bunch of points, uh, five points, if you uh, kill, if you were the one who delivers the killing blow on your favorite meal. Okay. So you're kind of wagering... Who's going to die in what order and uh, the one that you specifically are going to kill. You also get points, uh, a few points for doing damage to the the teenagers. They're surprisingly hard to kill, actually. But um, (laughs) But if you've ever ever tried to kill a teenager, you know that they're really hard to kill. (laughs) Super resilient. (laughs) But um, so there's uh, so what it does is um, it, it takes out that just straightforward. You walk in and you find because you got to search through these decks uh because they're hiding so you have to search through the decks and as you draw through the decks you may find one of the teenagers and then the the mini comes out and then you you can attack or scare them or do whatever and the the subtle art of this game is maneuvering it to make sure that the right people die in the right order and uh so you could miss like who dies first but get who dies second or you know something like that um and the uh, the key to that is during during the attack phase. So if you want to attack somebody, um, say you want to attack the cheerleader, you're you're the werewolves. You want to attack the cheerleaders. I'm the maniac, and uh, I have the cheerleader dying fourth, and it's my favorite target. So I'm like, okay, I really don't want this to happen. Right. I can from searching other rooms. I have a hand of cards that are things like you know chainsaw, baseball bat, um, something like that. And uh, we can give items to the teenagers to help defend oh, them. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, and, and it's basically, the, the monsters can never die. What happens is if, uh, if the teenagers get more successes than the monsters do, the monsters get, quote, ejected. So they get basically just thrown out of the cabin <laughs> at full force through a door. Okay. Um, so it's kind of like that, aha moment where they just like turn and smack them with a bat and they just go flying through the door. (laughs) Um, But they can never die. So, uh, so you're not really like killing each other or doing anything like that. So it's all in good fun. And, uh, and this sounds like such a dark theme, but it's so cartoony and campy and just uh, the, the art really is silly and the whole thing comes across as feeling just really silly and fun. So when you're taking a chainsaw to like, you know, a bookworm, you're not thinking, oh my God, I'm killing somebody. <laughs> yeah, it's very cartoon. Like the, the art style of the game is very, it feels very light and cartoony. And yeah, hearing us talk about it, it sounds like the most disgustingly gory game possible. Yeah, but it, it really, because it's so light and because you're just tossing dice and you're kind of messing with each other, not in like a, a nasty way yeah. either. And uh, you're just, because like I said, you can't kill each other. The, yeah. the worst you can do is get somebody booted out of a room, which means the next turn they come back in. Um, that's not a big deal. So there, there's some take that, but it's a light, fun, silly take that. Uh, and it doesn't like screw up 
plans that you've been, you know, building towards for the last, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. Um, It's a fairly short game. Uh, Ours took a little over an hour, but we had uh, mostly, uh, it was a full four players, no, full five players. And uh, I think three of us hadn't played before. So, um, so it took a little longer than, than normal. It says uh, normally uh, 45 minutes to an hour. Everything I've heard online uh, from the reviews has been if you know how to play, if you've played before, this is a max 45-minute game, probably closer to 30 minutes uh, because it's so light. Cool, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I definitely going to tell her to keep bringing it to game night, and uh, hopefully you get... Yeah, I'd like to check it out. I, on it. I uh, was watching you set up and everything. It looks really cool. Just a neat. I like the board too. So the board, um, the player main board is like a circle, which is really great for able to people getting around the table and not having any wasted space and having a lot of room for your own personal player items. And then in the middle of that is the cabin that you build itself. But all the icons and looks like the discard piles or maybe the drop piles are in this circular board. Uh, and once again, it's very—it's like a cartoony art style that looks really great, very vibrant. Even the uh, um, the place where you put the cabinet or the cabinet, the cabin on the board has like light outflow from the windows. Like they even considered when you put it on there to make it look like it belongs there. It's just really well done. Yeah, definitely. And I'll be uh, I'll be posting uh, pictures of it on on Instagram. So definitely check it out. Uh, all right, I played a bunch of uh, oldies uh, or classics for the group. Uh, there are a couple new people that showed up that night, and I showed up a little late, so I didn't jump on anything. Um, kind of showed up at the same time that these new people showed up, and so Kirsten and I uh, decided we'd hang with them and kind of show them the ropes of the group and uh, intro them to some games. So we played a few. Uh, we played Welcome to Parade, and um, what's the last one we played? Um, the last game that we played, uh, what's the last one was, uh, with those? No, with that group. I was trying to remember. Oh, uh, sushi, sushi roll. Oh, sushi roll. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Oh yeah. And we all played that together. Um, and so those were all just games that we tried to intro them. They were more of like, um, kind of t- typical, like deck of card players, play of mm-hmm. all sorts of games you could play there. And so they really liked parade and actually, uh, the one, um, woman who's there, I forget her name. I think it's Raylene. But she was very good <laughs> at those like card style games. She was really good at the um, uh, that that card style of game. Anyway, she just got yeah. games, and so I, as someone who hadn't played a lot of modern board gaming uh, type games, she uh, she got onto the strategy real quick, and I think she won. I think she won everything. Everything, yeah. She won. She won. Welcome to and not, uh, not Sushi Go though. Or sushi roll. I think I won sushi roll. Oh yeah, she came in second though. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Kirsten and I did horrible at Welcome to, <laughs> but um, uh, she did great. And her husband came as well a little bit later, and he was playing for a bit. Um, so yeah, it was just a nice night of like introing new new uh, members to the group, yeah, which is Kir- fun. Kirsten had never played Welcome to. Yeah. And, and I have been trying trying <laughs> to get her to uh, since I got it, um, but it's just always been one of those things where it's like not necessarily the right time or the you know <laughs> it just never worked out uh but she said she she really liked it she oh, thought good, she yeah. was terrible at it the when she played it but uh but she understood it uh to the point where i think that if like repeated plays like yeah. i've i've played it 
I played it solo, I think maybe six or seven times. And yeah. so I've been progressively getting better and better. So I feel like I've gotten pretty decent on it. I'd be curious to like actually play that with people, yeah. you know, because uh, I played it with <laughs> you like. and I've played it with me. Yeah. A bunch of times. And, and yeah. So I would really like to play like a, because uh, that's one of those games that you can play just an endless amount of people. It'd be fun to play like a one, because it's pretty quick. You play just one session with everyone in the game night at game night just together. Yeah, you can to, play 20 players. Yeah, I just want to see how it how it would go. Plays up to 100, it says. And I think the only reason it stops at 100 is because there's only 100 sheets. It's 100 sheets, yeah. Yeah. And who wants to play with that many? That'd be just annoying. I can't see the draw decks or the well, What you'd decks. have to do is like you could make it like bingo. Like you could, Yeah, you'd have to project it. You could project, yeah, put it up on the TV, you know, like connect a little camera to it, to it so that they're up there <laughs> so everyone can see. So it's just like B6. Six Nine under fence. the B. <laughs> <laughs> Pool 12. That'd be, that'd be awesome. That'd be hilarious to do that. <laughs> It would be. It'd be like gamer bingo. It'd be That'd be really cool. Yeah. So anyway, that's all we played. We played a lot of classics and uh, ones we enjoyed, but uh, but it was really nice. I always like um, playing with new players, and it was nice to meet some people and introduce them to the group. Um, and I, uh, they seemed to really enjoy it, so I hope they'll be back. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. So uh, the list that we're going to do today is sort of, um, it's as close to like the holiday, uh, holiday-ish sort of thing that we can do. And that is since a lot of people, a lot of kids have off next week uh, and some of them the week after for winter break, um, you might have a lot of uh, people taking time off. So you could have a lot of time on your hands to play some bigger games, some games that you normally wouldn't be able to get the group together for or what have you. I'm talking two plus hour games. Um, and that that's my and we actually have two very different lists here yes we took different uh, approaches yes um, because we're rule breakers uh, <laughs> I'm doing a top seven and I think Kaz is too I'm doing um, a top seven and a half okay so Kaz is gonna do a top <laughs> seven and a half I'm gonna do a top seven mine are all gamer games these are all experience games um, that are two plus hours and are you would not play this with anyone who is not an extremely experienced board gamer and Kaz's list you want to explain kind of what your list is about yeah my list is largely informed by my history of trying to introduce games at family events when my wife and I go back to Wisconsin to visit everybody which is a which is a a long tale of failure (laughs) (laughs) my family are just not gamer people they like party games they like games with a lot of social interaction but i've had some successes on games but i thought i would do my list for people maybe in a similar situation to me where my games are definitely games that a game board gamer would enjoy but are more maybe more accessible uh, and probably shorter than uh um, probably shorter than bill's list but more accessible than like a big dense meaty game but they are very fun i like i would play any of these games and i enjoy these games and uh so it's more geared towards roping people in or almost (laughs) tricking people into playing a game (laughs) a deeper game than they might uh be uh, used to so okay so so your list is deeper longer games my list is all about subterfuge and trickery (laughs) that yes that are that are designed to trick non-gamers into playing kind of gamery-ish games yeah Okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> you want to go first? You want me to go first? 
Uh, I can go first. I've got an obvious one off the top of the bat. It's a game that we've been talking about a lot lately, and that, of course, is Jamaica. Um, I just, Jamaica, part of the reason I picked Jamaica is its player count. It plays two to six, and um, it's a very beautiful-looking game, and it's a very straightforward-looking game, but there's more strategy behind there than you'd expect. And, but at the base of it is it's a racing game, and that's pretty obvious. Anyone can kind of understand that concept, and um, I've actually had a lot of success using Jamaica for people who aren't used to games as kind of an intro type game or a, a game that I really like playing that they're up for. So I thought I'd top it off with that one because that's uh, one of my faves. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Jamaica, it's, uh, it does have the feel of a bigger game, um, like an experience of a bigger game. Yeah. But but yeah, when it comes, like it's it's fairly simple in gameplay. I mean, there's you do a couple of things and that's it yeah so there's a lot uh, of like ah or oh moments in it too which i think right, is important for new gamers very little head scratching or anything like that yeah, so yeah, yeah i can that's that's a good one all right so my first one is uh it's a game called star trek ascendancy and it is a two to three player game um i believe by whiz kids and it uh, it's long. It's really, really long. It's a 4X <laughs> game. It says 180 minutes. And I suppose if it was only two players and they've played this game 10 times or more, um, they might, and didn't take any bathroom breaks or anything, they might be able to squeeze right at about 180 minutes. Um, Larry and I have played it several times. Uh, two player, we typically clock in about four and a half to five hours. Um, we played three player with um, a daughter, Alex, who uh, about five hours in started crying. Uh, now, she's an adult. <laughs> she's in her 20s. <laughs> so she started crying saying, please, can this be over? Because <laughs> it was three in the morning. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we should let this just be over. <laughs> um, and she is not... A huge gamer. She definitely games. She's come to game night plenty of times. She can play the heavy games with the best of them. But, um, but yeah, it's probably a little bit too long for her. And three players uh, is probably a little long. But if you at all like Star Trek, this is Star Trek in a box. This is uh, so thematic. And you really, really feel like you are in Star Trek. Uh you there's uh, the Klingons, the Romulans, and the um, the Federation, and uh, it's very asymmetrical. So the powers are are very different. The ships are very different. Um, it it's really has uh, it, all the powers and and ships and everything have just really feel like that um, that faction that you're going with, and it's just it's like watching an episode unfold a really really long episode unfold and uh it's a really neat feeling if you do not like star trek uh you're not gonna like this game because the 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 best part of it is just how it mirrors star trek um and how how closely that it feels that um that way but i am a big star trek fan and um it really, really worked for me. Uh, it's not a game I can get out very often. This is like a once a year, twice a year kind of game. Um, but it is, uh, I really, really enjoy it. And that is Star Trek Ascendancy. Nice. Yeah, I, this is a game that I've always wanted to play. Do you own it? Star Trek Ascendancy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure do. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, we should play it sometime. That's one that I've always heard great things about as well. And they don't they don't really make a lot of Star Trek games anymore, unfortunately. But there no. was a hate. There was a period where there were several good ones. There was Ascendancy, and then. Um, What's the one? There was Fleet like Captains. Fleet Captains. Yeah, yeah. That, Fleet Captains I've also heard great things about. Yeah, that one's probably, I guess that one's probably more like an episode. Sure. Whereas this one feels like more like you are really taking control of that faction. And just from the beginning, you're just exploring and then you meet each other and like in every 4X game. Sure. And uh, just the way they do like warp gates and things like that are just so neat. It's uh, I awesome. really, really like it. Yeah, cool. Um, all right, next one. Mine uh, is uh, I'm going to pick up a classic here that I think this one does well because of its player count and also the fact that it is easy to understand but is still very fun to play. And this is Bonanza. I love Bonanza. Bonanza is just a great game. It still holds one. up. Um, it's fun to play. There's a lot of player interaction, of course, and um, some individual strategy that you can pursue and you got to read the table a bit. So there's enough strategy to be satisfying, but a lot of interaction and... Uh, uh, light enough to be accessible. So that's my number two, Bonanza. Yeah, I've never had that one go go sour. Uh, it's it's always a good time for everybody. Uh, experienced gamers love it. Uh, people who've never played any games, love right? It. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm, that's a good. That's a strong one. Uh, my next one is a fairly recent addition, um, and we've actually talked about it in some length uh, here on the podcast, and that is Nemesis which is basically aliens in a box. Um, I, I tend to like in, the, in, in a box games, apparently, uh, because there's another one on this list. <laughs> so uh, Boxes in a yeah. box. What Stacking can you say about Nemesis? You, you wake up and you're floating in space and you need to get your ship back activated, but uh, it's crawling with aliens. Uh, it is long, long and complicated it is probably probably right around a two and a half to three hour game um so it's it's not as long as like ascendancy but uh it is it is in depth and uh it it, there is a lot to it and you definitely would not want to play this with inexperienced gamers but um this again is is another one of those once a year twice a year kind of games i don't think i could play this with any sort of consistency um because it would just fe- start to feel samey, I think, sure. if you repeatedly play over and over again. Um, but for that, you know, every rare once in a while to play this one, uh, it knocks my socks off. That's Nemesis. Nice. All right. Um, and my third one is also another classic. They did a reprint of this game, uh, I think, in 2006 something <laughs> recently yeah, last, most last five years or so <laughs> yeah odds are i'm right yeah um uh, that is scotland yard i have the uh, original scotland yard uh humble brag just there no big deal just got it <laughs> um but i found it at a yard sale once and for just a few bucks and um i think i don't know how much the different one changed i think it's just upgraded artwork and everything it seems like it's the same game for the reprint but uh, I think Scotland Yard still holds up as a very cool hidden movement game that isn't too complicated, but still is a lot of fun to try to find wherever that thief is or uh, criminal is. I don't know what he did, actually. <laughs> I don't think they describe exactly his crimes. Yeah, I don't know. But, Some sort of un- unknown international crimes of mystery. Yeah, just his sus- he's a suspect, if nothing else. But, yes. um, but Scotland Yard's great. It plays three to six. So once again, it's got a good player count. And... Um, just uh, I, I've always had fun with this game. It's really fun to be the criminal that's trying to hide or be the uh, officers that are trying to chase them down 
throughout London uh, before he can escape to, I guess, the country or wherever he's going <laughs> through the uh, metro system and taxis and buses. It's kind of hilarious how that he's jumping on a bus to run away, but it works. So, hey, you know. uh, but anyway, this is a great one, and I, I, uh, I think it really holds up. And so I, I've, I think Scotland Yard is also a great intro to hidden movements and one of the earlier ones that I'm, I don't know if it's maybe the first one that really did that. It might be successfully, yeah. but. Um, but uh, every time I've introduced this to anyone or brought it up to anyone, even experienced gamers, they've had a good time with it. So I would recommend this one hit the table uh, if you are looking for at least six players. Yeah, I or don't at the think, most six players I should say, at least three. I don't think we'd have. Uh, I don't think we'd have Fury of Dracula or uh, Letters from Whitechapel or any of those hidden movement games without this one. So yeah, yeah. good call. Yeah, and those are both great games, just a little more complex. They than, do add a layer of complexity. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so my next one, getting into my top five now, um, is another one. We uh, It's one we devoted an entire episode to, uh, <laughs> and that is Arkham Horror 3rd Edition. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you were looking for just a reasonably long, uh, and, and there are scenarios that are designed at the three hour plus mark, um, if you're you're really looking for like the most immersive storyline outside of Nemesis, <laughs> uh, Arkham Horror Third Edition is your gig. It's uh, it's cooperative. It is incredibly thematic. Um, it is very unpredictable because of that codex system where it kind of builds the story differently every single time, um, based on card draws and actions that are done and things like that. Um, it's just it it's such a great experience again this isn't one i would want to play all the time because i there are times where i just want mechanics i want mechanisms i don't need dripping with storyline and theme all the time uh which this one absolutely is this one is more you you play this one more for the story than the mechanisms the mechanisms are average game mechanisms there's nothing outstanding or out of the ordinary or anything like that this is specifically for that storyline uh for the immersion this one goes into the uh what's that that archetype the second one that does the theme and immersion uh, immersive immersion i think so yeah Yeah, that guy is (laughs) specifically designed for that guy um but it's a it's a great one to to pull out when you have you know some gamers you get together and this is your you know once every few months gaming experience uh it's a good one it's arkham horror third edition yeah that's a great one yeah we should play that again we should (laughs) that is such a great game we got to play it with kevin because he's memorized all the rules right the arkham horror aficionado our our friend kevin he is a um, dictionary of Arkham Horror or a uh, reference book of Arkham Horror. <laughs> yeah, he's like this weird Cthulhu savant or something. <laughs> <laughs> but weirdly, the game he is best at is Kingdom Realms. <laughs> huh. I always love that. I love that Kevin is just like a savant for Kingdom Realms. It's so funny. Fantasy Realms. Or Fantasy Realms, I'm he sorry. He is. He is. He is like yeah, he super pulled off, savant. He pulled off the most ridiculous card combination possible, I think, I think, in the game. Yeah, I don't think he's ever lost that game even when we inter- introed it to him he's still like um you know should i end this uh i'm like well yeah anyone of course because he has this weird math brain thing and it's kind of it can be a mathy game if you let it yeah um and he has figured that piece out so don't play fantasy realms with gavin 
<laughs> or you know maybe if you think you're hot, hot stuff take kevin on and see if you can make him that's make him true for his first game if you're like like a fantasy realms tournament player <laughs> just imagine someone kicking down the door of board just, game night and yeah. be like kevin where's kevin <laughs> i'm calling you out kevin <laughs> slapping it down on the table <laughs> okay that's i can see that i wish I, that happened more could, often that, in our board game it night. literally just has wild never happened West doors yeah. Saloon doors being shoved open. That would be great. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Wild West, that will tie in nicely to my next one. Um, so uh, this, I wanted to put a dexterity game on mine, and I think you have one on yours too, uh, which is also a great one. But I put Flick em Up on mine because I think it's a little uh, it's a little simpler, it's a little more accessible, and it's a game that you play with teams. So Flick em Up plays 2 to 10, and you either are the outlaws or the lawmen. And you are in a Wild West town trying to route the other ones out. And it's just a really fun setup uh, game with a few unique rules for um, dexterity games, flicking games. I have a... Um, uh, oh, shoot. Now I'm just blanking on the name. What's the cave game? The cave game. Oh, shoot. Catacombs. Oh. Uh, I have Catacombs and Castles, which I have... <laughs> kind of been falling out of favor with because i like the game but there's a few things that make it frustrating for me and that is there's a lot of pieces that are always around and are always getting knocked over or moved around and i think having a very focused gameplay as limited as you can with the center of the table being where everything is and not having like player sheets or something in your way that are just gonna get nudged um is great and flick em up pretty much does that for a family game or a fan or an accessible game for new gamers it's pretty straightforward and the rules are basic but it's got a great art design it's very silly and um I love the the building me- mechanisms of it the fact that you can go into buildings and get basically be out of fire is just kind of a cool little reprieve if you're a little overwhelmed by by uh being like ah, i don't know how to escape um so anyway flick em up is uh gonna make my list for my dexterity game you know there's a flick em up dead of winter yeah yeah which i would be super interested in seeing it's so <laughs> random because yeah, it's like right? the only other flick em up that i can think of the only other direct ip tie-in that i can oh yeah i don't think yeah, i don't of. think they haven't i'm not sure um, but so yeah it's bizarre that that would be but yeah i'm excited i yeah that's uh, i've heard nothing, I, but I good have things, no, so. nothing about it i can't imagine how they would do it <laughs> just this is just skinned with it or is it actually some of the elements of like betrayal and secret agendas i mean i it's i think it's just a reason yeah that's what i would imagine yeah, i would imagine so all right so uh tying that into my next one you know we just talked about uh, dead of winter and zombies um my next one is a game that we've talked about before that I really love called Zombicide. Yes. And Zombicide is a big game. And I have several uh, several seasons and multiple expansions and lots of extra mini packs and everything else. Uh, I could make as big a Zombicide game as <laughs> anyone would care to play. Uh, there are extremely long scenarios that are six hours long. So uh, if you really want to, you know, just batten down the hatches and, you know, nail up the windows, board up the <laughs> windows and, uh, and and camp out in your house for a while with a whole bunch of gaming buddies, uh, it's hard to go wrong with Zombicide. Uh, it is a miniatures game. Uh, it's, it's card driven primarily. Uh, and you just, uh, you can progress 
uh, you, you can basically grow your characters from like first level through second, third, fourth level. So, um, and it, it does have player elimination to a degree, but as soon as somebody dies, you flip their board over and they become a zombified version of themselves. So they actually become more powerful. Okay. Um, so you, you kind of have lots of, you know, different options there. So it's not, you're, you're not looking at like a player elimination that's going to happen uh, anytime, maybe at the very end, if you're literally the worst Zombicide player ever. <laughs> but it's not something that plagues the game at all. So, and that's a really, it's a really interesting solution they made for that when you die flipping over and becoming more powerful. As yeah. A, a Zombiver, I think is what they call them. <laughs> so, um, that is uh, Zombicide. And they just released a brand new edition of Zombicide which I do not have uh, and don't necessarily feel the need to get. I believe it does play fairly differently. Um, and then they also just released Zombicide Invader, which is the sci-fi version of Zombicide. Oh, cool. Uh, which looks really, really cool too. So uh, if it says Zombicide on it, you can't go wrong, uh, especially for a really, really long game. Nice. Uh, all right. Yeah, Zombicide, I, that's another one I've still not played, but I really want to get a play in. Uh, all right, so next I'm going to start getting into my more deeper games that are, these are more of my wishful thinking games that I, <laughs> it, the moments have to be perfect to have my family be interested in them, in them but I think they're accessible enough to be um, a good choice. And uh, the first one is Quacks of Quedlinburg. Quacks is just a very fun bag building game. That's basically all you're doing is playing the odds of building your bag and drawing out the stuff you need to um, push your luck on these potions that you're going to be adding ingredients to and hopefully you're not going to explode as you're building it. So the basic premise is very straightforward and easy to understand. The complexity comes into how many things you can put, pick or how many options you have to grab to put into your bag. But they're all very straightforward, I think, and they're very easy to understand. Um, I think some are more complex than others, but overall the basic concept is very easy to grasp. Uh, the downside of Quacks is it only plays four, up to four, so you're going to have a smaller player count. But I it's... think they make a five-player oh, expansion. Oh, well, there you go. So maybe. You I could be totally wrong, well, but I thought they did. Look for that, and maybe if, if it is an option, uh, pick that up. But I think Quacks does a good job of being accessible to a lot of age ranges, but still it's as kind of as much depth of strategy as you want to go after. You can probably play it safe by going some on some basic levels, but there's some really fun combinations that you can try to make happen within the game, so you can sort of make your own depth uh, with that game, which I really thought is clever and, and good uh, good design in that in Quacks of Quedlinburg. So Quacks of Quedlinburg is definitely a recommend for mine, but it's going to be a little bit more complex than the other ones I've mentioned, I think. And, um, you know, but I still think it's very accessible and a good it, one to bring out. It is very accessible, and um, it, it does have it, – it's one of those games you do – if you walk up and sort of look at people playing it, you're like, wow, that's a big game. Yeah. Um, but it it once you get the hang of it, I think anyone can play it. It really is just – pulling stuff out of a bag, moving your token around and uh, buying new stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's really nothing else to it. As long as somebody knows the rules real well right, and has right, probably yeah. played it before, um, I think anyone can play Quacks. Yeah. It's uh, it's much simpler than it looks, and but it does have a depth of strategy that you can choose to pursue or not. 
So you can say, like, you can play it just as a fun press your luck. Oh, oh, mama needs a new pair of jeans or whatever, you know, and or you can play it at a gamer level. Um, It does have a lot of a lot of depth there. And uh, that's a good call. That's a good one. Okay, Um, so my next one is one of Kaz's favorites, but he would never <laughs> oh, play yeah. this with his family. I, know, I think I know what this is. And that is Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Battlestar Galactica is a fantastic game uh, for uh, an experience to just bring people together. We did this uh, with some friends from Game Group, you and your wife, Shelly, and, and me and Kirsten, and uh, Brandon and Kaylee from Game Night all got together, and we played... Battlestar Galactica, and it took about as long as we thought it would. This <laughs> probably took what three hours? Or so? Yeah, yeah, um, two and a half to three hours. So it, it's a it's a longer game, but it's such an immersive experience. And by the time you're you finish it, you even if you lost, you're like, wow, that was just. I'm really glad we did that because we we got to. Uh, it's almost like a bonding experience, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, like it. It really is. It's almost like a team building exercise. It's. It's really, really neat. Um, it is a at its core, I think, a social deduction game. Um, they because there's humans and Cylons, and one, only one of you is going to win, and you win as teams. But other than that, it's it's cooperative. Um, so I guess would you call this semi co-op with a trader mechanism, or would you call this like yeah, hidden I- roll? Yeah, social deduction game. Yeah, well, both, I guess. Both. But probably, Perfect. I mean, I think that's the right order to say I'm hidden uh, semi co op with Trader. Um, and then uh, everything else kind of comes after that because that's the best part of this game is you're always suspicious of everybody. <laughs> and everyone, someone's not really who they are, few people are not really who they say they are by the end of the game. Yes, and it's entirely possible to play the first half where everybody's human. Right. So, uh, but then at the end, some at least somebody is, is a Cylon. Um, but it's I've never seen another uh, social deduction type hidden role game like this that is this long and involved. Usually this is a twenty minute game max. Sure. This is the Secret Hitler. This is you know Donner Dinner Party. This is one of those kind of games. Uh, even like New Salem, uh, which is I think a half an hour at, at most. Um, so this is the only one I've ever seen that can stretch that experience out, but still not make you feel like you wasted the time because if, if secret Hitler were three hours long, I, I, a, I'd never play it, uh, even the first time, but I'd certainly never play it again. Right. Um, because the payoff is just like, Oh, all right, you lose. Oh, where, whereas you still lose or win in Battlestar Galactica, but it doesn't feel the same letdown. You just feel like, Oh, I was so close. And you like, it, it was, you just like high five people for, for almost getting there. And, right. Because uh, all the games, it seems like certainly the ones that I've seen or played have have been close, you know, like almost there. It's just never been like a complete demolishing of one side or the other. So um, it's very interesting the way that they did that, and I it is I've never seen it done since, and may never see it done again. Yeah, it feels like those games are fading away. Or there's less. Of, I mean, they're just still there, but definitely have not seen one as good as that that does that that well Mm-mm. since. Mm-mm. All right. My next one is a uh, co-op game, which I uh, wanted to throw in here. And I went back and forth on which one to choose specifically. uh, And I decided on Flashpoint Fire Rescue. And I was just going back and forth between this and Pandemic. I think for me personally, I like both games, but I think Pandemic is probably a 
better, tighter designed game. But the reason why I put Flashpoint on this list is it's player count. It plays two to six. And I think it is a little bit lighter. There's a little bit more autonomy um, to kind of do your own thing to a degree in this game. So it sort of avoids a bit of the quarterbacking issue that Pandemic can have. And it's just a unique theme. There's not really, I can't think of any other firefighting game. I'm sure there are others, but none that I'm aware of. Um, I like Flash. I like Flashpoint a lot. It just does. It's a. It's sort of fun to be a firefighter and hack your way through a wall as necessary, or you know, go rescue someone and look up a uh, question mark chit to see there's some point of in- person of interest there and realize, oh, it's a cat. All right, well, I guess I'll rescue it. There's just some <laughs> weird humor in this game, um, and uh, there's some fun stuff you can do. You can jump on the truck and blast a court quadrant of the house with the fire hose, and that's an important thing to do, especially in a bad fire. The other thing about this game is there are two levels of play that are included within the game instructions. Um, there is a family version and then there is a more advanced version and so of course depending on who you're playing with you can choose one or the other but I think both are fun to experience the downside is the instruction booklet has leaves a lot to be desired and it is a little difficult to consult rules at times and uh, so anyway but that doesn't ruin the play I don't think for me at least so I would suggest Flashpoint Fire Rescue if you're looking for a unique theme um, a little bit more complicated gameplay and a cooperative game that allows everyone to be on the same team and as a more experienced player, you can guide people through the game. Okay. I have never played it. Uh, but I Although you have the expansion. would like to. I do have the expansion, <laughs> yes. I did buy the expansion to this at one point thinking, or bought a expansion to it at one point thinking that uh, I had this game. And um, so, no, I did not, in <laughs> fact, have this game. So, uh, my next one is um, a game that was my number one two-player game. So if you and your spouse have no kids uh, or, I don't know, sick kids. I, I, I don't know what. Okay. Anyway. Sick, sick it, kids. It, oh, my God. <laughs> so if, if you and a gamer buddy or you and a spouse or something, have, I don't know, put your kid in a. Invalid children yeah, that live in the basement. I don't this know game what is for you. Do, then uh, Stars Rebellion <laughs> is, uh, is the way to go. And, uh, or it if is, you just like withholding fun from your children, have yeah. them sit in the corner and watch you play this amazing game. The box has it at two to three hours. Um, I think it's closer to two, two and a half. Um, I don't think I've ever played a three-hour game of it. Um, but it is uh, maybe the three hours is more if you play it four-player, which is just basically each just teams, which uh, instead of you doing all the things for one side, you have somebody doing half the things. Uh, so I would not recommend it at four players. Uh, but at two players, it is, uh, it's a very 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 thematic this is star wars in a box right uh it's very thematic in uh in what it does and it makes you feel like you are in a star wars movie and you're writing it as it goes uh you can change the course of events and you can make different things happen and you're uh you're basically the um if you're the rebels you choose a location for your base at the beginning of the game the um empire player doesn't know where it is but they're trying to find it and destroy it uh, in a certain amount of time and they can build death stars they can build multiple death stars uh, which is actually a thing and it blows up planets it's actually a thing <laughs> so yeah so cool yeah so it is really really neat and you can you can go in and blow up death stars too so you could just do all sorts of neat stuff you can you can train han solo at on dagobah to you know <laughs> it, you can do all kinds of neat stuff so um that is Star Wars Rebellion, and uh, and if you're looking for for a, 
you got some time on your hands, you're looking for a longer game, uh, that's a, a fantastic one, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I've that game is Which like you said. That's is that your other in a box game? That's my other in a box. Okay, that's game. What I thought. <laughs> yes, yes. So funny story. Uh, I'm I'm actually when this is being recorded, this is being recorded on the Thursday that um, Star Thursday Wars, before, the yeah. new Star Wars, is coming out. So I'm going tonight. I have tickets at six o'clock uh, to see. Uh, Return of Skywalker. Rise, Rise of, Skywalker. of Skywalker. Yes. Oh my God. Return of the Jedi. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> so I'm going to see uh, Rise of Skywalker. And um, I'm so excited. I have a Star Wars shirt on under my shirt, <laughs> which I'm revealing to Kaz as we speak. Right. Yeah. Now. You see that? Uh, yeah. I like it. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. This is some, some visual, uh, <laughs> visual podcast medium. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited, and this game has got me even more excited. And uh, I hope it's—I hope they do a Star Wars Rebellion like update for the new trilogy at some point. I would imagine they'd have to. I mean, Fantasy so Flight cool. has the property, and they're no dummies about yeah. marketing and making sure they that make would a be good s- game around an IP. Super duper cool. That would yeah. be really cool. Yeah. Okay, so that is Star Wars Rebellion by Fantasy Flight. <laughs> All right, so my last one is my choice for a, a really big game. This is that is that I still think is accessible, and I uh, I chose Wingspan. I was going back and forth between a few. I thought of Wasteland Express. That's a very simple game once you get into it, but it's kind of a specific theme. Uh, and I chose Wingspan for a lot of reasons. A, we've probably heard of Wingspan if you've gaming at all this year. It's been a big hit, and everyone seems to enjoy it uh, or is interested in it. And one of the main reasons is, of course, that it's, it's theme. It's very not traditional in the fact that you are gathering a collection of birds or sighting birds that you are ticking off your list or incorporating uh, into your collection. And that in itself, itself, I think, is a good draw for people who are not gamers, who are not interested in fantasy or sci-fi or Wild West or whatever. This is just an extremely unique theme to approach. And also, Wingspan at its core, it is an engine builder, but it's fairly simple. The processes within the game, I think, are pretty straightforward to understand. It's going to have to be the right group of people that are interested that you're going to bring this game to but i think that for a complex game this does pretty well it also plays faster than you might expect it's not a super super long game and the other thing it does it will plays one to five and so if no one will play with you at the very least you can solace yourself by sitting in a corner and playing by yourself it with is this game eminently soloable soloable and if that, and then that might create interest of uh, you know people are like what is this guy up to playing this beautiful looking game over here with these uh, candy looking eggs, so um, I chose Wingspan for those reasons and um, it's just a game I like to play and I think that it is surprisingly accessible to new gamers. It's going to be like I said the right people and they might have a little there is a little bit of a learning curve especially if you've never gamed before, but I think it's simple enough. If you're going to attempt a big game, this would be the one that I would choose for at least my family who aren't gamers or uh, maybe people who aren't super familiar with games. I, I think it's it's pretty accessible. I, yeah. I think uh, I think this could be used as as a gateway um, for sure, for sure. Uh, so before I announce my number one, I'd like to issue a quick challenge oh. on air here. Um, I have a nomination for your list <laughs> okay um and so i'd like you while i'm giving mine to have a nomination for my list oh okay so you have probably about three minutes or so <laughs> oh the crunch is on all right so uh everyone probably knows my number one 
Um, I'm sure Kaz does. It is Twilight Imperium 4. Yes. This is uh, anywhere from a five to probably eight hour game, give or take, depending on player count and uh, whether you guys have played before or not. It is the ultimate 4X game. Um, I know I can already hear the Eclipse players, <laughs> and, and that is a great 4X game. Agreed. But Twilight Imperium 4, to me, is a bigger experience. Um, it is very uh, has a lot of politics involved, uh, a lot of interaction between all the different players. There's a ton of maneuvering. Um, and just is, uh, you, you don't really know who's winning until the end. It's not, you never feel like it's out of reach. You never feel like somebody's running away with it. Uh, you never really just stop playing you're always engaged and uh and and i think for such a long game uh does a great job of of holding your interest because you're building towards this really long term uh goal in most cases you're you're building towards something that you really want to see come to fruition and um i i really have enjoyed the the plays that i've played of it and i think we're doing i think we're doing another one on uh yeah, on New Year's Day. Yep, so. we are putting one together. I can't wait. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. I maybe think we're we'll, playing with different a lot of different players who haven't played before. Yeah, maybe we could video some of it and put it up on YouTube or something. Yeah, here. we should. Yeah. Um. All right, that's a good one. All right, so my suggestion for your list, I have two. I was going to say Gloomhaven, but I think Gloomhaven is actually not too hard to get to the table because the playing you can play it in short bursts. So I'm going to say Mansions of Madness. Oh, good. So I think second edition. Second edition, yes, because I think that's a hard one to get to the table because it is a long, dense game, but it is such a great game and has obviously with incorporation of the app, it does very Mm -hmm. modern things with board game that board games are starting to try, uh, but it does it really well. And so that would be one I would suggest to get to the table when you have the opportunity over the holidays to play a big, meaty game. That absolutely would probably have been my number eight or number nine. So yes, good good right. call yes. on you. So thinky. Um, so my suggestion for you for uh-huh. a, uh, I guess, family weight type-ish game that shouldn't be too difficult to get to the table, but I think would keep everybody engaged, and you do certainly do not have to be a gamer for, mm-hmm. um, is any of the Sherlock Holmes consulting detective Oh, games. that's a great one as well. Yeah. Because you really just have to to be like i guess alive and <laughs> and or have some thinking and process have a modicum of curiosity <laughs> yes um because there's nothing gamery about it and it's yeah. it can be a lengthy experience if you 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 know you go through the whole scenario and you question everybody and you really are involved in discussing it and it, it can be a real it seems like it can be a real engaging experience even for complete non-gamers yeah cuz it almost uh almost functions or could function as like one of those uh, like dinner party mystery in a box things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about that actually. Yeah, so very very similar to that. And I think that uh, that it's also proven itself to be engaging enough for the gamer mind. So uh, yeah, I, that's that would be... Yeah, a great one. Yeah, that'd be my nomination for your list. Yeah, that's a great one too. Also, it gives you that deep immersion feeling of a story when you're... For a pretty light 
mechanisms uh, or mechanics all together. So that's a great one. I uh, and I always am up for getting that one. Yeah. So also very well done artwork and uh, very engaging setups of the uh, of the pieces or not the pieces the uh, the booklets and the map and everything. You can really get absorbed into it. Oh, great, and that is Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. We actually ha- each have it, but we have two different ones. You have the first one. I have the second one. Yes, I recently, I don't know, or did I? I uh, a few weeks ago, I re- got the map printed on mine or copied so I wouldn't feel bad about destroying the map because I, yeah. you know, this is basically a one-use kind of game if you're going to scribble all over it. Yeah, and, and you should. never really, going to find this game again. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you so you really should, like, be able to feel comfortable, like, writing on things and especially the map. Um, so I got it printed up so I would be able to uh, pass it on to someone after we've played all the scenarios and um, and not feel guilty about <laughs> writing on it, which I really want to do. I'll take it. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that does it. Yeah, those are great. I uh, Those are great alternate suggestions. So if you find yourself uh, these holidays, this holiday week or two, uh, out of work and off of work hopefully not out <laughs> yeah, of work yeah geez <laughs> off of work happy holidays you're fired and enjoy and some or, games and or out of school um and with your family then uh or you've got family in town uh kaz's list you should uh you should definitely yeah. take a take a gander at it um if you and your gamer friends all happen to find yourselves out of work <laughs> <laughs> hanging out uh then i think my list is is the way to go um yeah. please let us know um on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, uh, what your favorite uh, kind of experience type games are, whether that be uh, family accessible or just strictly gamer games. We'd love to hear about them. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at Roasted Games One. Uh, you can search for us on Facebook, just look for Roasted Games. We're the ones with the Roasted Games logo. So easy enough <laughs> that to is find. Us. Yep. And uh, you can also find us on. Um, ease-drop.com and uh, search for the Roasted Games page there. Uh, there's a feedback form. You can also email us at roastedgamesco um, at gmail.com and our website is roasted.games <laughs> uh, If you still can't get a hold of us, then I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you did your best. Yeah, you know, you gave try it the old next year. college try. <laughs> we got nothing. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, enjoy the holidays, and uh, we're, we've really enjoyed this. Uh, oh, this I don't know. I don't know why I'm sounding like it's an ending or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, what's up with that? That's weird. Because I think we'll. Well, actually, what we'll probably do is start like season two after the holidays, because uh, mm-hmm. we're at kind of the end. I feel like it's kind of the end of the first season of the Rust Games podcast, and maybe we'll start. I don't know. I'm just bringing this up now, so yeah, <laughs> we'll we see start, what we do. We haven't talked about this or anything. So <laughs> just dropping the bomb on. It's a Bill. awkward right now. Um, <laughs> But uh, we really enjoyed uh, having you guys uh, interact with us on on any of those mediums of uh, communication, and uh, we look forward to any suggestions. I specifically would really love to hear any about anyone else who has the same trouble that I do of introducing games to their family or over family get-togethers, and any ideas that you have um, that could be uh, that have been successes for you that you've also enjoyed playing and weren't just a well, I know they'll play this, so I guess I'll bring it out <laughs> type of thing. So uh, until the next episode, thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys soon. Bye.